Hey everybody, Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And in today's show, I'm going to be talking about tracking macros and I'm going to be talking about nutrition, uh, kind of something that I'm experimenting with myself, but then also um, maybe some little tips and tricks for you who do not want to track. I was talking to a coaching client of mine about how to structure a day of eating or how to structure a diet um, for specific goals that this person had um, without tracking, right? Like tracking, like a lot of things, isn't for everybody. And I do recommend a lot of people track at least for a while. That's kind of what I start out the show by talking about. But then dive into some tips and tricks and some strategies that you can implement too, to be exact, about um, how to diet without tracking macros. It's very possible. You just have to implement a little bit of structure, right? Structure is necessary. You can't really intuitively do everything unless you're super, super experienced. Um, and that's what today's show is about. Thank you for joining me for another episode, and let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz, your host of the Triple F Podcast. This episode coming out a day late, but it's still going to be coming out this week. Um, hopefully, you guys are having a great spring and you're enjoying some outside time um, here in Texas. Starting to have a little bit better, better weather, starting to explore a little bit more, finding some cool outdoor places around uh, to, to get some exercise, get outside, just you know, burn some extra calories and just have fun in nature and with each other. So um, hopefully you guys are doing something similar and you take the time to smell the roses. That's what I wish for you guys today. Today's show is really all about nutrition. And my last episode was a little bit about that and then a lot of bit about training. And this episode is gonna all be about nutrition. So uh, kind of back to the old structure that I used to have. This one is gonna be uh, Foodie Friday, if you will talking about diets, macros, nutrition, and uh, giving you guys some strategies, right? I work with a lot of people. My whole job is working with people in nutrition. So uh, that's kind of the thing that I talk about like the most often in my life, most likely. And uh, for that reason, I feel like I don't talk about it enough on the podcast just because I kind of harp on the same things over and over again, right? The things that matter, adherence, consistency, sustainability, uh, and this one is what I'm talking about today, some level of structure, right? And uh, tracking macros or tracking your calories at least is how I prefer people to start, right? If someone's going to start coaching with me or something, I want to see a food log. I want to see some kind of uh, idea of what you're eating every day. And I, it's more for you, right? I want you to get an idea of what you eat every day because Lately, I've kind of been doing this, this uh, more dialed-in approach to my nutrition, right? And I'm, I'm a tracker. I'm probably always going to be a macro tracker, and I'm always going to be someone who thinks that's an effective strategy. So uh, that's something that's a normal habit of mine, but to be honest, I'm a very, very loose and flexible type of tracker, right? If I have 
Um, if I have an apple, I'm gonna track that as one medium apple, no matter if that apple is the size of my head or if it's the size of my fist or if it's the size of a golf ball. That's probably just going in my log as about 29, 30 carbs, medium apple. And you know, my thought on that is that everything eventually evens out over time, right? Sometimes you're a little over, sometimes you're a little under. That's not that big a deal as long as you're consistent with your tracking and it's all gonna average out over time, all right? If you always log, like this is one of my strategies I do. If I cook with oil, I always log one tablespoon of oil. I'm probably not eating a tablespoon of oil every time, but sometimes maybe I'm eating more than that, right? Like maybe I go out to a restaurant, I hit tailspoon oil in my tracker and, uh, and I, you know, maybe I end up eating two tablespoons, but for three days before that, I only ate half a tablespoon. So it all kind of averages out over time and ends up being on the right track. Now that's the normal way that I track. However, um, I've been experimenting with more of a dial-in approach and actually weighing things tracking things by the gram, and it's been actually a really good experience, right? It was kind of something that I was like, eh, it's not really something I like to do, right? I like to keep tracking short, but I read this article as a study out of the University of Vermont that uh, showed that people who were tracking their calories, who were tracking their macros, actually had like a very high percentage. I don't want to get the percentage wrong, so you'll have to look up University of Vermont um, macro tracking study to go find the actual numbers, but it was a very, very high percentage of more success in their diet. And it took them an average of like 14 minutes a day or something like that. It was just hardly any time at all. And I realized I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty good at eyeballing and pretty good at being intuitive with it, but I want to take that full 14 minutes, if you will, and dial things in even more. So like a food I eat a lot is potatoes. I take potatoes for lunch a lot and have baked potatoes. Uh, if I have baked potatoes, instead of just tracking three potatoes, if I take three potatoes along, I'm gonna weigh the potatoes and I'm gonna weigh out 500 grams of potatoes or something like that, right? If I'm gonna have cheese, I'm gonna put my bowl on the food scale, zero it out, 28 grams of cheese instead of just estimating what a fourth of a cup is, right? That's a little bit more of a dialed in approach, getting it right to the gram like that. Does it really matter? Not really, but it is really helping me. I've actually noticed faster progress in my goals because of that, because I'm not all over the place, right? I'm not causing my weight to fluctuate. I'm not going up and down as much in my actual track numbers. And I'm really noticing it. I, I think a really cool difference. I think that a lot of people overestimate, uh, or I guess it'd be underestimate, underreport what they eat, right? Uh, if you say, what is your daily, what is your daily food log like? You know, someone will say, have a modest serving of pasta at night or something like that. A modest serving of pasta means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Some people that means a little bowl of pasta. Some people that means pasta with a bunch of butter on it. Some people that means five cups of pasta, right? 160 grams of carbs worth of pasta. It varies by person to person. So being accountable to numbers is really, really helpful. And it's very eye-opening, even for someone that's experienced and intuitive like I am, that's gotten pretty good at estimating. It's really eye-opening to be able to see uh, the actual content of things that I'm eating. I really think that's been valuable for me. Um, but you know, it's not for everybody and I enjoy it. I like being held accountable. I like that eye-opening experience. It's something that I think everybody should do at least one time. And that's something I talk about a lot is go through minimum three months 
of tracking straight, right? That means you have to hit the numbers. You aren't having free weekends. You aren't having cheat days. You are hitting a certain number. Even if that number is random, I don't care. I want you to track it and you know, pick a number out of thin air, track, get good at that, just for the awareness of what food has in it in regards to calories, carbs, fat, protein, fiber, all those things that matter. Um, you're gonna start to realize how you eat and what foods are more expensive in your daily budget than others. No matter if you track macros or not, no matter if you enjoy tracking or hate it, everybody has a food budget, right? Whether it's actually broken down by numbers or not, everybody has an amount that they can't go over or they start to gain weight. Just like with real money, uh, no matter if you have a budget on an Excel spreadsheet or not, right? You still only have a certain amount of money you can use every month. Now, some people keep track of it by the dollar, what goes in and go, what goes out. Some people just kind of live, right? And try to keep expenses down, try to boost their income if they can. And those people though still have a set budget in reality, right? They only have certain numbers that they can go over that they can, uh, that they can spend. And the same goes with food. You don't, just because you don't track doesn't mean you have unlimited budgets of your food, right? You need to, you need to know what foods are expensive and what foods are thrifty. And what I mean by that is comparing a couple different foods together, right? I'm sitting in the kitchen actually in my house, looking at my pantry. Let's see what we got here. Um, I have a can of green beans in there. Can of green beans looks like this is an extra large can and it's going to be something about 140 calories for this huge can. Now that's a thrifty item. That's a lot of food volume for not a lot of calories, right? But then I go down a little bit and this fiber one bar, right? We have a box of fiber one bars, oats and chocolate. It's a little granola bar, little drizzle of chocolate on the top, same calories, 140, but it is a little granola bar, right? I could probably eat six of those and still be hungry. So it's less food volume, less filling, uh, but it packs the same amount of calories as a can of green beans. That doesn't mean you can't eat things that are more expensive. You just have to realize, no matter if you're tracking or not, what your meals are made out of. You don't want a whole bunch of expensive items, right? You don't want a burger, a piece of pizza, a granola bar, and a glass of orange juice because you're packing a ton of calories with not a lot of food volume in there. You know, maybe something more along the lines of a salad, a piece of lean meat, and some rice. That's gonna be a mix of some expensive items, some thrifty items. You're gonna be able to be more full. You're gonna probably hit your goals a lot easier that way. Uh, so that's like the basic education of budgeting and what tracking will bring you. So to round it all out, I do recommend everybody tracks a little bit. Everyone needs to track a few months and just keep in mind. So no, you know, with all my clients, I'm getting them to track some. And for a lot of people, they're gonna start out inaccurate and they're gonna hate it. And eventually, a lot of people are gonna build the habit and they're actually gonna end up liking it because it's, it's nice to be able to fit various foods in your diet and be super flexible. And this is the point of the episode right here. This is the line that you need to take home if you only listen to one thing through this episode is that as your rigidity in your tracking decreases, the flexibility in your food options also decreases, right? So it, they're both going down. They do not have an inverse relationship. Um, if, you're, if you're more strict like I am right now, weighing everything, um, making sure I'm hitting the numbers to the dot, 
your flexibility can actually go up because you are making sure you're taking into account everything that you're eating, right? If I'm putting, like I actually have hash browns in the oven right now and I'm trying them oven cooked. I usually cook them on the skillet, but trying them in the oven and I put three tablespoons of oil, I'm gonna have about two thirds of those hash browns. So I track two tablespoons of oil, even though I'm probably not gonna eat all that. Um, when you're that strict and that dialed in, you're able to eat more foods. Uh, you're able to fit more things in because you're making sure you're taking them into account. If I'm super flexible, and I'm just you know tracking generic French fries when I go out to a restaurant. That might be that might throw me off my goals. So I do think these are a relationship that go together. Um, think of parallel lines, not perpendicular lines. I guess just however you want to visualize it. If you are trying to be more flexible and intuitive, you probably need less flexibility in your food choices. And as you get more rigid and strict, quote unquote, with your tracking, you actually can get more flexible uh, with your food options. So it's, there's a benefit and a drawback to each, right? Do you want more flexible food options or do you want less time spent on your diet plan? Those are the two sides of the spectrum. Hopefully you can find somewhere in between. Uh, but I'm going to try to give you strategies on the opposite side today in today's show because a lot of the times I talk about the tracking side, right? Fitting the flexible foods in, being, being very flexible, going out, having a social life, all these different things. Uh, that's what I believe in. That's what I think is the best strategy. But some people do not like tracking and it's not for everybody, right? Just like some people don't like deadlifting. It's not for everybody, and it's okay. You don't have to do one thing just because some fitness people say you should. Uh, what you need to do is find something that works for you, that you enjoy, that you think is healthy for you mentally and physically. Um, so that's what today's show is about. It's the other side of the spectrum. How do you dial in a little bit more of a rigid diet plan so you do not have to track but still hit your goals? You know you might not be able to be as flexible you did some kind of tracking to understand budgeting of foods, and now you're ready to dive into this. Uh, so let's get started. I have two and maybe a third bonus that I'll touch on at the beginning. So the number one thing to consider here, I guess this is like the bonus of this list, is intuitive eating itself is kind of trendy right now, but in reality, intuitive eating is insanely advanced. And I actually do not recommend it for most people. I think it's really easy to intuitively maintain your weight. That is um, my opinion on the matter. So if your goal is to just maintain your weight and be healthy, you can probably do that without tracking and even without being too rigid with your food choices, right? You can go out once in a while, just kind of counterbalance everything. If you have an item that's a little more expensive on the food budget scale, maybe just have something else later in the day that's less, right? If you have a burger for lunch, have a salad for dinner. If you have pasta for lunch, have some lean meat and potatoes for dinner, right? It's, it's all this balance and it's pretty easy to maintain your weight. Your body likes to settle in uh, where it's at. So I think that's a good implementation of intuitive eating, but in reality for most people, it's far too advanced. You need some kind of structure if you actually wanna change your body composition or you have goals along those lines. If you wanna gain muscle, uh, in a conservative and intelligent way or you want to lose fat and get in better shape, you'll need some kind of structure. So intuitive eating itself, not a big fan and I think that it's highly overrated. Uh, but there are a couple strategies that you can do that do not involve tracking macros that might work for you. Um, the first one being, number one, 
you could structure a daily eating structure, right? I think I said structure twice. But you can structure your, your day to be in a certain way. And what I mean by this, you can even do this by the week, right? Um, maybe it looks like all week you eat. Uh, well, actually, let's first, let's back up and see what typically, what kind of foods are more expensive on the budget scale, right? It's going to be foods high in fat because they have a lot of calories. It's going to be foods um, with not a lot of volume. It's going to be foods that are high in carbs, right? So the, the ones that are thrifty are high volume, high fiber, and lean protein. Those are pretty much your, your thrifty foods that you can eat a lot of. Uh, so you can structure a week by sticking to all thrifty foods for five days, and then maybe you branch off and let yourself have any budget-heavy food for the other two days. So you're essentially putting yourself in a big calorie deficit for five days because you're going to be so full, you're limiting your food choices, uh, and then for two days, you kind of let yourself do what you want. If you aren't noticing enough progress, cut that back to one day, and so on and so forth. That's a good way to do it. Um, just kind of be more mindful of what you're eating and you know, try to make yourself full, essentially, and then allow yourself some freedom on the weekend. That's a way to structure it on the big scale of a week. On a day, it might look as simple as not eating in the morning, uh, some vegetables and some protein for lunch, right? Both thrifty foods. Maybe a snack of some fruit for the afternoon. That's kind of a mix, maybe right in the middle of the spectrum of thrifty and not very budget friendly. And then for dinner, pretty much have whatever you want, right? But try to balance it to be a protein source, a carb source, and a fat source. Uh, go heavy on the carbs if you are able to handle it. You can kind of adjust that carb serving at night to depending on how fast you're losing or gaining weight. If you're not losing weight or you're gaining weight um, and that's not your goal, maybe dial back on that carb at night. If you are losing too much weight or your goal is to gain weight, increase the carb serving, right? Pretty easy to manipulate uh, if you have that kind of structure in your day where really there's only one thing you can manipulate. Is it the timing? Is it the foods? You stick to all day from waking up to 7 p.m. is all the same every single day. The only thing you can alter is the evening, right? Where you can kind of adjust. How do I do from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m.? Adjust how I eat there to make the progress I want to make. Uh, that's a good strategy uh, to structure a day. That's one I'm a big fan of. That's how I used to eat for a long time before I started tracking was structuring the beginning of my day and then being more free at the end of my day. I, I, I do think, you know, no matter if you track or not, that humans are creatures of short bursts of discipline and not constant discipline for most people. So it's going to be easier is to limit the amount of discipline you have to implement uh, day by day. So that might mean um, maybe being a little less strict at night. Maybe that means less strict in the morning. Maybe that means giving yourself a free day here and there. Uh, but that's going to help boost your progress, keep you on track, and keep you motivated. That's number one. And number two is uh, going to be to essentially create a calorie deficit through ways that you can't avoid a calorie deficit. And I guess what I mean by that is uh, having super low calorie days to counteract what might be high calorie days. Um, how I like to do this is implement longer fasts. So you could do fast. There's nothing magic about the fast though. If you just prefer to eat less, that's fine too. You could do a day where you only eat a thousand calories and then a few days where you eat 2,500 calories. And at the end of the week, find your average calories, right? 
Now that might mean a little bit of tracking. That might mean a little bit of knowing uh, what you're gonna eat. And that kind of brings me to, I guess, another bonus. Maybe I have four tips, I don't even know. Maybe I'll title this four ways to eat without tracking macros. But you have this other way, which is essentially a meal plan, right? Totally limiting what you can eat, eliminating the flexibility altogether, and that works for a lot of people. Go off of meal plans, track your food once, right? If it's a day-to-day week, you have five days, you go to work, right? And let's say every day for breakfast, you have a smoothie. Every day for lunch, you have two baked potatoes and a pork chop um, and a protein bar for a snack. Every day for supper, you have maybe a rotating meal, but you will know that every meal is around 800 to 1,000 calories or something like that. You can structure meal plans uh, ahead of time, prep them, and stick to those meal plans. If you're able to kind of reverse engineer what your calories are, you don't actually have to track every day, but you can be hitting calories every day. So this is kind of a sneaky way to track without tracking because you're tracking once. You're making sure your meal plan hits your calories every day, your macros every day, and then from then on, you're just following your meal plan. And you don't really have to worry about tracking on the fly, you know, whipping out the phone, whipping out the app, whipping out the food scale, all those different things you don't have to worry about if you're hitting your meals that you already planned and prepared. Those are the four ways, I guess, you could eat intuitively, you could structure your day or your week in you know, bursts of flexibility and bursts of discipline, um, you could do extended low-calorie days like fasts or really low-calorie days followed by high-calorie days similar to bursts right, of discipline and flexibility. Or you could do a meal plan and all those different ways work, all those different ways I've seen work for people, I've seen work for me, I've experimented with them. Still, my favorite is tracking and just getting really good at that and having it just become part of your life. It only takes 14 minutes a day. It takes maybe a few months to build the habit and get really good at it, but once it is, it's easily second nature. I can help you guys with any of that if you want more advice and more more in-depth details on any of these strategies. Just reach out to me through Instagram, at StoltzFit, and I will help you out. I really enjoy working with people and I enjoy talking to you and answering your questions. So just let me know and I'll be there for you. Uh, That's at StoltzFit, shoot me a DM. That's it for today's show, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed it. All about nutrition, tracking, and not tracking, depending on what your preference is. Remember, at the end of the day, do what you want to do. Do what you can most adhere to and what is really the best way to get you to your goals for you. I think that everyone's different. Not everyone has the same level of discipline. Some people hate the level of discipline putting their food. They just want to enjoy it. There is other ways to achieve your goals, uh, even if it's not you know, what I would consider the best way for me. Maybe it's the best way for you. Uh, So don't take any general advice as just blanket advice. Structure your own plan. Come up with your own philosophy of nutrition for you and write that down, right? What do you enjoy? What can you stick to? And what are your habits? Um, Write that down, follow that, and make your own custom plan or have people make plans based around that for you. That will be the key to your success. Thanks for joining me for another show. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.